It's time to let you in on a little secret. Actually, lots of secrets. We're talking strategy and most importantly, return on your investment for your podcast. Welcome to Branded Podcast Secrets. All right, welcome to another episode of Branded Podcast Secrets. I'm your host, Erin Greger, here today with another very special guest. I've got a, my good friend, Heather Osgood here. Heather, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on, Erin. I'm excited to chat. I know. Well, I always love talking to you, even though we talk pretty much every week, but another excuse to connect is always good. So for those of you who don't know Heather, she is the founder of True Native Media. Basically, she is the resource and and the person you want to talk to if you want to get sponsorship for your podcast. I know there's a few people out there that want to do that. And she's also the host of the Podcast Advertising Playbook. It's a podcast. You go live. Is it every... I saw you live today. Was it recording that? On Are you live every so Thursday? So I go live every Thursday. Thursday. And sometimes we take those lives and we put them on the podcast and sometimes we don't. It just depends on kind of the content of the live. And if we feel like it, it fits the podcast advertising playbook is a show that we specifically designed to highlight success with podcast advertising. You know, obviously every industry has their kind of trade secrets, things that are, are, you know, really good practices and maybe things that aren't. And in the podcast advertising space, I didn't feel like there was a lot of content out there about how to really create a great campaign, right? How do we get advertisers to see that they can get a good return on their investment? So we created this show to really break that down. And we interview, and we were happy recently to get Helix Sleep on that does a lot of podcast advertising. We interview, so, you know, brands and marketers who are placing podcast ads. We talk to agencies and, you know, interview them about how they're working with their clients to create really great campaigns. And then just industry professionals, and, and using, of course, our own knowledge to create content to help people in the industry really understand what podcast advertising is and, and what the best practices are. Okay. Well, I'm really glad we talked because I didn't <laughs> like, I'm like, I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know you were doing two separate things. I thought what you were doing on live was the podcast. So, okay. So we're going to talk about all of that because I love that you found this gap because I'm going to assume, and just from you and I talking and just from what I know in the industry, podcast advertising is, is there's a lot of gray area to it. And a lot of people, they want to advertise in it, but this whole success metric can sometimes be really tough to come by. So was it that you were talking to customers and you're like, you know what, we've, we've got to help, you know, share the stories, provide roadmaps. Like what was happening in your business that you said, you know, a podcast is perfect for this. Yeah. Well, you know, I think to be totally transparent, originally I came up with the idea because I wanted to talk to more brands who were advertising in the space. So, you know, early on in my business and gosh, on my live today, the gentleman I was talking to said, well, yeah, you've been doing your podcast for like five years, haven't you? And I was like, actually, I think he's right. I think I have. For the last year and a half, we've really focused a lot of energy on it. But the, the concept came from, hey, if I can't get them, if I can't get these brands to email me back, what if I email them and say, hey, I want to interview you on my show, which I think is a really good strategy that gets overlooked a lot in podcasting or maybe not talked about enough is that you know, people might come on and talk to you, um, on an interview who would never talk to you in a sales call. So originally I started the show with that 
kind of concept in mind. I thought, well, I'm going to get as many of these people to talk to me in an interview, and then I can parlay that into ad sales. And I kind of got the rude awakening that these people didn't really want to share their trade secrets on my podcast. (laughs) So many of them emailed back and said, like, no, I don't want to talk about this. Like, we've really worked hard on our podcast ad strategy, and we're not going to share it with you. And that was really interesting for me to kind of like realize that. And then we had to kind of pivot and say, okay, well, well, we really know that there is a lot of gray area when it comes to podcast advertising. And we want to create a narrative around how do you get success with this? Because it is kind of still a newer medium and a lot of direct response advertisers are in the space. So how do we put together a playbook, you know, to show people in the industry that are listening, whether you're a podcaster, a brand, an advertiser, how do we create the story of this is what success looks like in the space? And now that we've been doing it for a while, I have more success getting guests on to talk about their you know, inside secrets. But yeah, that's kind of how it came about. That's so interesting. Like you want to share where the, you know, you, you've taught, you talked a little bit about how you were able to transition. Are there are there lines that you found that you can't cross? Like when it comes to talking to them, like they're willing to go to a certain level in sharing, but then, you know, you know, generally you can't go past a certain point. Have you kind of learned how to navigate that? Yeah, I have. And I mean, ultimately it comes down to dollars and cents, right? So no one's going to tell me exactly how much they're spending in the space. I would say that that's like something that, you know, people don't like to share. And then the other is they don't want to tell you what like their actual conversion rate is typically, which is totally fine, right? As long as they can tell us about the other pieces. And I'm always so fascinated because you'll talk to, you know, I've talked to several different companies now on the show and some of them have certain practices and see success with certain things. And then others, you know, they don't, right. It's like, they maybe do the same thing and they're not experiencing the same kind of success. So, but yeah, I, I, I definitely have found those, those lines not to cross. Yeah, that's great. Now, when you're talking to, like you said, you know, you want to talk to brands, you want to talk to maybe brands that haven't taken your call in five years of doing this. Are you getting more strategic in who you have on the show? Like, and, and do you have a, and do you have a strategy of follow up behind that? So, you know, if I can get them on at least my podcast, this is our process to follow up with them afterwards. So hopefully maybe you're getting clients out of it or, or something along those lines. I would say it actually kind of the tables have turned. So now that we've been in business for so long, now we actually go to the advertisers that we're working with or the prospects that we're already talking to and ask them to be on the show. And that's been more successful than trying to go in cold. Um, I would say that one of the challenges that we face a bit is the podcast industry is still a relatively small space. So we're constantly brainstorming like, okay, who next? Who next? Like, you know, and I I do solo episodes as well, which is great because solo episodes are much easier to create than guest episodes are. But I think that, you know, I can certainly bring a lot of knowledge to the table and I like to communicate that and I'm happy to do it. I think that it 
can be more entertaining to have a guest on. And the other nice thing about having a guest on is depending on who they are and their ability to share it, I would say we do tend to get more listens to guest interviews just because that person will engage on social media. And the higher the profile of the person is, the more likely they are to engage in social media or others are are going to, you know, come in and comment. And so I feel like in terms of audience growth, having guests has been positive. Okay. So I know too, you have kind of two aspects to your business. One, you need shows to advertise on. And on the other side, you need advertisers to advertise on those shows. So has your podcast been able to attract both sides or do you see it leaning more towards one side where you have to offset and do another marketing campaign for the other? Yeah, that's, that is a really good question. It's interesting because we created the show for advertisers, right? But I would say my gut tells me probably more podcasters listen to it than advertisers. And I would say that we get a good, I would say we get a good combination of both. In terms of the actual podcast, what's so great about it is that anytime you're trying to build, you know, a marketing vehicle, you want content and the shows really help us to create that centralized piece of content content that we can then go out and share in multiple places. So I think that's the real value that the show brings to us. And it can be challenging sometimes to say, did this lead come in specifically from the podcast? Did it come from the LinkedIn live? Did it come from, from the LinkedIn post or the blog post that we wrote from the episode? And I would say my experience has been that we're, we're getting to a place where we get, we've always gotten a lot of inquiries from podcasts for representation, but we're definitely increasing our inbound leads for advertisers, which has been really a positive for us. All right. Very cool. So advertising is one of those, you know, obviously not advertising from a perspective of like how you're advertising, but getting the word out of your podcast, you know, I saw you did an episode the other day of how I get more listeners. That's like the ultimate end goal of any podcast that's out there. So how are you guys getting more listeners and promoting your podcast? We use some of the tactics that I talk about, but because we do have such a narrow focus, I, we don't execute all of them to the level we probably would if we were trying to reach a broader audience. One of the things that I always tell people that I think is really important is that podcast listeners listen to podcasts. And one of the mistakes I do believe people make is they assume that they can create a podcast. People will come and listen. They can share it on social. And we all love those social posts that say, go check out this brand new episode I just released, right? Because everybody's going to run on over and listen to your show when they see that post, right? So I think that, that that's kind of the extent of what a lot of people do to market their shows. So we really encourage um, people to look look inside the podcast space and see where you can get traction. So can you obviously be interviewed on other shows is a really good place to get traction. Uh, can you run ads on other podcasts? Can you run ads within podcast players? So, you know, things like CastBox and Overcast, you can buy carousel ads. That works really super well. Are you getting featured in podcast newsletters? That can be a good resource. 
and, you know, really just thinking about within the podcast ecosphere, how can you connect with people, you know, already listen to podcasts. I love it. So maybe, you know, even if you guys aren't doing it, can you talk a little bit about, because 99.9% of people who I talk to on this podcast are advertising via social media, maybe guesting on other podcasts. They may do that. But that advertising, I love not just advertising on other podcasts, but advertising on like the podcast players. Um, again, maybe if it's not even that you do it for your podcast, but can you talk about who you've seen or not even who you've seen, but how it's done? Yes. Well? I would say that advertising on podcast players is one of the best things you can do. So you certainly should try your best to get featured on Apple in the carousel on Apple. Now that is a PR move and you need to find the right person there who's going to feature you. So you have to get strategic about that. But beyond that, you can buy ads, like I said, on CastBox, on Player FM, on Overcast, Castos, I believe as well. I think Podbean you can buy ads on. And we have had the, the podcast that we represent. I have heard time and time again, that that's one of the best ways to grow an audience because you're in the player where people are already listening and you know, yes, most people are going to listen through Spotify or Apple, but there is a good chunk of people who listen to, through these players. The other thing that I don't think we're doing enough of right now is running ads on Spotify. So Spotify has AudioServe, which is a platform where you can go in and buy ads. <clears throat> they have a $250 minimum right now, which is obviously really inexpensive. So you could actually advertise your podcast through AudioServe on Spotify and run ads on other podcasts. And I think that that to me is a really good next step that's kind of in, in conjunction with those podcast players, because obviously then you're advertising to somebody on Spotify that's already listening to a podcast. Yeah. I don't think enough people think of that in trying to get more audience. You know, it is that create the cool audiogram right? and right. it just, it hits a wall at some point. I never even thought of, I, okay. And this is so interesting. I thought that the top of the line on Apple was I should have known it was pay to play. I thought it was just like the most downloaded episodes or whatever, nope. but you know. <laughs> no, does Apple have pay to no, play? No, it's not pay to play. It's okay. play to who, you know, <laughs> okay. So if you know the right people at Apple and you can send them the right cover art for them to put in their carousel, then, and I do really think Apple is taking into consideration the quality of your show. You know, I think that if you don't have a quality podcast, they're not going to feature you. So it's important that you do all of the work, you know, that you need to do to create quality content. And, you know, I know we're talking about branded shows here, and I'm sure that, that you've mentioned this. If your podcast is just one big ad for your company, that's not going to be appealing to anyone, right? So you might have a harder time getting featured on Apple if that's what you're doing. But yeah, in, in Apple, it really is just who you know. Okay. All right. Those are good to know. I want to talk. So like I mentioned, I thought the live show was the podcast. So you've got all these, you're creating content in other areas. Sometimes you said the live goes to the podcast. Why the live show, first of all? And second, are you repurposing that outside of this could fit on the podcast? Let's put it on there. If it doesn't fit on the podcast, are you repurposing it anyway? Yes, we do repurpose all of the content that we create. And in terms of the live, we, we created the live because we wanted to, to have 
a, a platform where we really had this reciprocal conversation. And I think one of the challenges with a podcast is that it's a one way you know, discussion, right? People listen, but you don't get that feedback loop. And so what I really love about the live is that we, I get, I get to interview people and we broaden the range a little bit. So with the podcast, we're really focused on advertising. So for instance, today on the live, I had Jeremy Enns, who is a marketing expert around podcasts and, and audience growth. That isn't going to fit on the podcast because we're not talking about advertising. However, if I have somebody on the live where we do talk a lot about advertising, then it makes sense to go ahead and repurpose it and put it on the show. And we've done that many times, but the live, like I said, gives me this opportunity to expand on what it is that we're talking about. And I would say our target for the live is really podcasters. And I think a lot of podcasters do listen into the lives. The other cool thing about the lives is that we simulcast on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook. And so our goal is to try and eventually grow a big bigger following on YouTube. And so just having some sort of a presence there gives us that opportunity to kind of get our foot in the door. I mean, YouTube obviously has its own strategy that we haven't gone down that path of yet, but I like the idea um, of, of, you know, getting kind of getting warmed up in that kind of social platform. So if somebody were sitting on the, like they're trying to create a podcast and they're grappling between live and recorded, having that experience in both, is there a, a direction you'd have them lean into or is it really just, a, it depends? You know, I think it is definitely, it, it depends, but I also think it has a lot to do with how you personally are able to execute. I am certainly far from perfect, but I look back at the episodes that I made originally and just want to shoot myself, right? I used so many filler words. I said it so many times. I still use filler words. They're just different filler words now, <laughs> but you have to be pretty good if you're going to go live, right? I, at least for me, like I, I wanted to have a level of confidence that I felt like I could talk without stumbling all over myself. And the practice of recording a podcast gives you that. So when I started, I just started with the podcast. And the nice part is you're recording it and then you can listen and say like, oh yeah, that was awful. <laughs> I really need to stop doing that. But so it gives you the practice. So I think if you're not somebody who is good at that, you know, flow of speech, then you probably should start with just recording it and then move to lives. So that would be my recommendation. I also think, how about, I'm oh, sorry. I also think that I am still very, I, lives are very different and I'm not good at lives yet because you need to engage the audience and it can be difficult sometimes in an interview for me. Like that's so super simple, right? We could just sit here and talk all day. But when I have to say like, Oh, look, Stephanie just made a comment. Let's talk about what she said. And Oh, this person's there. And like trying to like integrate all of that into the conversation, like be engaged, read the comments, respond to the comments while carrying on the conversation. Like there's just a lot more going on. A hundred percent. Yeah. And then you've got to keep your train of thought. Like you've got to, that was doing periscopes. I remember like, you'd be like, okay, I've got, and I'd always have to have notes. Like these are the three things I want to make sure I cover because you'd be like, oh yeah, Hey, what's up? And then you're like, oh yeah, I got to go back to that right. thing. I just totally veered <laughs> off from. What about guests? Have you found guests are easier to get or work around on one versus the other? Or like, um, do you find live makes it a lot harder? 
No, not necessarily. I don't, I, I think actually lives can be easier to get guests for because for us, because we've got a broader base of who we could interview on a live, it feels easier. And also I think people see me live and then they're like, Oh, I want to be on the live. And so I, I feel like that's been helpful where of course I would love to imagine that they all run over and listen to my podcast, but they don't. So, you know, people are perhaps, you know, seeing the live and they may not even know the podcast exists, but because they see the live on that social platform, they're more intrigued by it. So I, I think it has been easier to get guests on the live. Interesting. I would have completely thought the opposite on that one. So that's a very interesting perspective. How about calls to action? I, I see a lot of podcasters. It's, I always say it's the most money I left on the table of my first podcast. I did not have the calls to action. Uh, I learned to do that. How well are you guys doing the calls to action and are you measuring their effectiveness? If my marketing person was on this call with us right now. She would say that my calls to action are absolutely horrible and she would be right. I have learned and it is so hard for me that when you have multiple calls to action, you have no call to action. So it is so important. And I know from this like, you know, intellectual level that when I get to the end, I need to have a succinct, direct call to action, right? We, if you are going to ask somebody to do something, you have to ask them to do something. If you ask them to do five things, they're not going to do any of them. What I have a tendency of doing is not preparing for the call to action. So I need to get better when I'm recording anything of saying, this is going to be my call to action. And then I can do a better job of measuring the success. One thing that I've been very surprised by that has come up for me multiple times is when people are looking to grow their podcast audience, very rarely, surprisingly, do they have their call to action in an interview be come and listen to my podcast. People promote their books. They promote their social handles. They promote their newsletters or whatever. And it's like, if you're trying to grow your podcast audience and you're on a podcast, that should be your only call to action is come and listen to my podcast. And the way I look at it is your podcast is this huge platform, right? So if you get somebody to come and listen to you, then they're going to then you're going to have them there. You, you can offer them any number of different things if they're a listener. So I do think that having a succinct call to action and then putting a mechanism in place to actually measure the results is very important, but it's something you have to be super intentional about. And I need to get better at that. No, I like the, I like the idea too, before you record, you have that idea in mind. And I know like Amy Porterfield is very good at, she's got like every different episode has a different call. Like it's a very, she's got like a very specific freebie. And I mean, that's a lot of work, right? But it doesn't have to be, I'm always going to, you know, encourage the free consult or whatever. It can be different for each episode, but I think it's very important that you're very specific about what it is. It's, you know, it's like why I love shopping at Costco. Cause I hate choice. I love shopping at Costco. It's like, there's one ketchup. I'm good. I don't care. Like if there's a different flavor, there's one ketchup. It makes things a lot easier. And when you overwhelm people, they're never going to. You have seen this enough with, you know, you've had so much experience in podcasting and I'm going to throw this one at you and you can tell me you don't want to answer it or you don't have an answer for it. But 
what is the one of the biggest mistakes you see if we can lean towards branded podcasts we will go there but if you want to go more general i'm fine with that but like somebody's jumping into a podcast what is the biggest maybe mistake or money they leave on the table whatever it is that you just want to strangle podcasters over well there's two the first okay. is your hosting provider I do not think that podcasters pay enough attention to their hosting providers. So the hosting provider is the company that you use to host your audio file. So it is Libsyn or Blueberry or Megaphone or Simplecast or Buzzsprout um, or Anchor. Pay attention to who is hosting your show because it will make a big difference in ultimately the direction that you can go with your show. And there are so many nuances that I cannot cover them all right now, but just know who it is that you are essentially partnering with when you start your show. Because if you choose a hosting provider just based on the fact that it's free or cheap, it's a really bad reason to, ho to choose a hosting provider. You want to look at the long, <laughs> I'm glad you agree. You want to look at the longevity of like what it is that you're trying to create. The next mistake that I think a lot of podcasters make is they don't have a strong enough why or a motivation behind what they're creating. And especially when it comes to branded podcasts, right? If you are creating a branded podcast, why are you creating it? Are you doing it just because you think podcasts are the next big thing? Or do you really feel like it's going to fill a need within your marketing department? So understand the why. And then next, when you're looking to execute it, you need to be realistic about what you as a company have the capacity to create. And if you know you can create really good season one, 10 episode, you know, podcast, do that. Don't mm -hmm. feel like you have to commit to, I'm going to do a podcast every week for the rest of my life. And I think that goes for whether you're a branded podcast or just an independent podcaster. I think people overcommit and then they get in and they're like, wow, this is a lot of work. I'm not seeing the traction I thought I would. I'm going to stop doing it. And you can't, you can't expect to see instant results. You need to stick it out. But that means that you're going to have to put some effort into why are you creating this content? How good is the content that you're creating? And then looking to really grow your audience. And you can do that with 10 episodes, especially as a brand, right? Because you create these shows mm -hmm. and then you publicize the heck out of them. And that's what I would recommend for a branded podcast. Do a series, you know, promote the heck out of it and then work on season two. I love that. And so I know I'm probably biased and I know I'm weird, but I will not take a podcast seriously if I see there on Anchor. Like, I'm just like, it's Same. Just totally, it's a hobby. I'm like, if you can't, if you can't pay $5 a month to have better hosting, I'm sorry. I can't take you seriously. Nope. Like I, I know especially for biased. branded podcast, right? Because you're trying exactly. to establish the caliber of your organization. And if you're the caliber of your organization is free, what message are you sending? It, yes. All right. Well, Heather, that I love that. Thank you. This has been awesome. If somebody wanted to find out more about True Native Media or listen to your podcast, where is the best place for them? They to can go? go to truenativemedia.com or they can listen to my podcast, the podcast advertising players, anywhere podcasts are found.
All right. And of course, we'll have all that in our notes over at eringgreger.com. So Heather, thank you for doing this today. I very much appreciate you being Thanks here. Thanks for having me on. That's been lo- It's been lots of fun. 